Hello and welcome to You Like the Worst Stuff. Off the top... Hey. Where is everybody? Hello? I'm, I'm here. Oh, oh, wait, are you making a joke about how Kat and Haygood aren't here? No, that's my impression of anyone who shows up at E3 this year. Robot Lady, kick off episode 482. <laughs> the stuff you like is bad. The stuff we like is worse. You like the worst stuff. The pop culturally questionable podcast. Worsting it up since 2011. Press start in three, two, one. This week in questionable pop culture, I am your host, Tony Sadowski, joined by my good friend and colleague, Joe Foreman. Joe, how are you, buddy? Um, well... How um... can you be well in this the year that E3 was canceled? <laughs> again. Ha again. Again. Yeah, again. Canceled again. Again. How, in this cancel culture, yeah. where E3 Jeez. is the latest in the victim of right. woke America. <laughs> well, it was great because uh, Ubisoft declared that they were going to be there, and then early in the week declared, no, actually, we're not. Yeah. E. And then a couple days later, I guess, you know, that was it. That was, <laughs> was were, were they the, the, the last biggest name that I was actually so. going to be on the show floor? We had kind of talked last week, or maybe yeah. it was the week before, about how we, like we knew that it was probably heading that way. And it would be cool if they tried to salvage it by really focusing on, like, you know, smaller devs yeah. and making it a celebration of actual games and things like that but yeah nah, without the bombast and without the journalist bait they they don't care there has to be really tough decisions because oh here, absolutely here in april like by now the marketing teams for these big companies already have like the booth planned already have like yeah funds yeah, yeah. devoted the budgets oh, are they, in place there's been actual work in this on yeah. multiple <laughs> levels absolutely i hope someday somebody does a coffee table book of like the booths we never saw so we could see like <laughs> the e3 that was meant to be <laughs> so we, we could see like what did sony have planned for pax east in boston in 2020 uh what, what would nintendo's booth have looked like this year you know i'd, I'd love i'd love to see that kind of like trade show uh, ephemera of it all right but um no so so, like, just to go back a little bit, like, we, we talk about E3. For anybody who, who is not into the jargon, I don't necessarily know why you listen to our show, but I'm <laughs> yeah, glad you get, do. But Get, get it, out. It grew out of a consumer electronics show, right? And E3 was a great way for industry people to network, especially back in the magazine pre-internet days, um, and for retailers to sample products. But as the show kind of grew into this spectacle that we talked about, and more importantly, that spectacle that more and more gamers were allowed to glimpse via press along the way throughout the year it became uh, became something that fans kind of wanted to know why they weren't allowed to attend so they were they were let in in 2017 and the crowds were kind of rough yeah we had a couple years of that and i think that's kind of important because um like when you're talking about this as something for the industry and right. it's the industry coming together it's not for it, it, the the average people to walk in because it's supposed to be you know like you said retailers who are deciding oh okay we're gonna make sure we get this particular game big and featured as you're walking into a game stop you know it's a lot of handshake backroom right, deals right. and it, we talk it, a lot about now how the how the culture has a, a evolved in this very yeah. connected world into everybody's a pundit 
everybody is a journalist. Everybody has something to yeah, say. Everybody's like, an influencer. The way the, the presentation of the show changed was it just got bigger and bigger. And so now, now you got like the, the fan magazines, the enthusiast websites, you know, they're getting media access to it. They're taking pictures. They're showing how crazy it is, how, how absurd it is, because it really did explode into this, you know, like theme park kind of an atmosphere. Right. It had to get bigger. Every vendor is trying to appeal to the retailers, the developers, the, the whoever they're going to collaborate on next, you know, to convince everybody that they've got the best thing there. So then, yeah, then then everybody starts reporting on this and the fans start seeing, well, wait a minute, how how come all these chosen few get to go to it? And it, it kind of, I think, got forgotten that this, you know, this was supposed to be an, an industry networking event. Right. And right. the spectacle it's... of it really made it seem like, well, wait a minute, why can't I just go there and play the new Call of Duty, you know, like, like. Like these other people do. A so. point of personal privilege. It's like how school board meetings are just supposed to be business meetings that are conducted in public for people <laughs> to watch and not open mic night for anybody who just wants to tee off and whatever they're mad about that week. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, so then, you know, they let they decide, and really, I think it's just for the money, that they can have sell tickets to fans and let them come in on certain days of the show. The pandemic happens and it's canceled. Uh, they have a virtual only version in 2021. They canceled again in 2022. And now this year, as the biggest names like Nintendo and Microsoft and Sony are no longer, you know, going to be on the show floor. Uh, Haygood would tell you Nintendo stopped going years right, ago. Right, right. It's been um, at least yeah. 10 years since Nintendo God. went to E3. Yeah, even though, you know. <laughs> Their booth has always been there. How dare uh, you? Um, but yeah, and a lot of these folks, they are they were still planning and are still planning on doing their own presentations that week anyway, just right. you know, this is their part own of that deal. E3 is less important all the time conversation. <laughs> yeah. We all have access to yeah. these constant streams of information and connected info and conversation from these devs and from these companies all the time that they control they manicure how they want yeah so we have mini e3s in the form of directs all the time nintendo just did a 10 minute zelda tears of the kingdom direct right right week. right. yeah but like microsoft still is planning on doing something ubisoft says hey we're not going to be in this floor but we're still doing our presentation yeah okay pc gamers still doing a thing um and jeff Keeley's summer game fest has uh Big stuff planned that week. That man <laughs> of course, is always the biggest. That man is fill, filling yeah. a vacuum. Valid, I think, question now. Would Tears of the Kingdom have debuted in May had E3 still been a thing that people needed to pay attention to? Would they have held it until after the big spectacle of E3 and done a 10 minute presentation there and mm. done the Everybody Tries It and then launched yeah. it? I don't know. Later that might, in the year? That might have been last year's E3. You know what I mean? Like they got to get to set their own calendar and do things at their own cadence yeah. now. It's not dictated by this one weird event that everybody puts all this oversized weight on. Yeah, that's probably why that they bailed. That they, well, they wanted to get Tears of the Kingdom out earlier. Last year was supposed yeah. to be the. Zelda booth year and it wasn't <laughs> and they uh, weren't d didn't know what they wanted to do for this year I guess what Pikmin a whole, a whole, a whole, sure I guess that's <laughs> or it, yes right. or like you're saying you know delay Zelda again yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and put it out in the summer but uh, no no <laughs> I don't know hey speak, speaking of Zelda how about that little not a direct direct yeah you know I I you know me. I, I'm already pre-sold in the game, as I'm sure a lot of yeah, I've got are. Uh, yeah, I've got it. I'm saving money on it by using vouchers. So I did uh, the same. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? 
I picked up uh, I picked up Nintendo shop cards at Costco. Oh, even even cheaper. So I got then. those cheaper. Yeah. So I ripped Nintendo off even harder. I yeah. Thought. Oh yeah. They are not getting their the the full value. No, out no of way. I saved like forty bucks on some games. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the I guess the main thing was we finally saw you know somebody playing it and shocker it looks a lot like uh, Breath of the Wild. What? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this is part of why they really haven't shown a lot yet because it looks the same. <laughs> It's, it's going to be the same. It's game. it's the same thing. It's the, it's going to look the same. If you take a screenshot of one and put it against the other, you're not you know you're really going to have to look at like a subtle UI difference to figure no. out what game you're looking at. They established a pretty recognizable style for that game, probably for many reasons. Um, so yeah, it's not going to stray too far from that. No. And hopefully there are minor improvements, but again, it's going to be barely perceptible. It's not going to be like the game is suddenly on PS5. It's just another yeah. of those yeah so. it's, it still looks all washed out which i don't like but what that's you, what exactly you, it and it was the, it was just do? going to be that yeah. that's what they <laughs> decided this generation of hyrule looks like so yeah it's it's the same map but of course they've got all this skylander stuff in the right. skies you can go up higher you, you can you can rewind uh time traveling rock elevators <sighs> okay all right it's tough to be excited about that but the exciting thing was all of the fusion stuff that the that they showed off yes that's kind of neat yeah where you can pretty much glue anything you want together to make a different goofy weapon custom or items make, make a raft put a mushroom on your shield and and then there's all sorts of interesting things i'm <laughs> sure that can happen from, oh, there's gonna, just that's going to be the fun that. Easter egg of this one. People yeah. making crazy crap and going, oh, my God, look. Yeah. yeah. And then it'll break two uses later. Uh, they Bye. did, they did Bye, specifically cool say that uh, the durability will be increased and improved uh-huh. on your fused <laughs> items, which, uh-huh. yeah, right. Yeah, great. Four swings. Cool. I, I'll tell you, if I make something really cool that I think's funny and it breaks right away, I'm never doing that again. No. I'm never doing that I again. I agree. I'm not entertained by that idea that you make something and then you can't have it for very long. That is yeah, not entertaining. I don't know. There are going to be people who just vociferously defend that ridiculous degrading system, and I will never find it fun. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't. understand. I can I mean, understand it, scarcity of resources. I can understand using devices like that for games to add some kind of pressure or artificially make it harder or whatever it is, but eh. I'm like, not playing Zelda for the realism. I, I feel like this fusion system adds a whole new way to experiment, a whole big way to interact with the environment that they could yes. have dropped durability and in, in no way would that have inhibited anybody from continuing to experiment with fusing stuff because it's going to be fun to fuse stuff and try to make goofy things. Oh, absolutely. You can, t- you, can you imagine how many hours I just spent screwing around, derping around in that world already? To yeah. have this mechanic in there now? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, and, you know, one of the defenses of the weapon uh, uh, degrading and dying on you is that, oh, then you're forced to really explore and, and use everything that's at your disposal. Well, like, now they've made a system that I'm going to want to do that, and they're going to have it all break anyway. Right. Like, right. ah, no. No, 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 no. There um, were so many weapons that I found playing the last time that I just decided were too precious to use. Right, which is so stupid, right? And it's annoying <laughs> because I have this cool Lionel sword or something. I'm like, darn it. 
the, the, the killer for me was when it would break when you're in the middle of doing something. Like it's I funny hate it. when you when oh, you're you, you watch this little trailer they just did, and what a surprise! Link's sword always breaks on the last hit, and yep. oh well, that that was carefully manicured because here's That's what actually balance, happens: y'all. it dies in the middle of a battle, and then you've got to invoke a pop-up menu to switch over to something else while you're getting moblins surrounding you. Like, yeah. that's not fun. No, I don't enjoy that. <laughs> that part sucked. I don't know. Um, I understand durability if your weapon is, like, still, you found a stick. Right? Or, like, Which you're know. never going to use long-term exactly. anyway. Ever, exactly. ever, if ever. it makes sense, and and it's I, flammable, and you hit something flammable, right. it goes away. I get that. But, like, I don't know. Once you get to a certain point, like, even the last game, once you put in the effort to get the dumb master sword, even that conked out after a few uses. <laughs> like, haha! Now at least this should be invincible, and I don't have to worry about it for Endgame. Yes, you do. Yeah, I don't understand. Stupid. That why. should be the reward for all that work. Yeah. You don't have to worry about this anymore. Good job. Like, ugh. anyway, <laughs> annoying. But I'll be playing it. You'll be playing it. We'll all be <laughs> playing it and annoyed at the same things together. Yeah. But uh, you know, I had a question this week. Serious question: uh, What happens when the B button on your playdate stops working? Uh, you know? Oh, I don't like the sound of that, sir. Yeah, um, I not asking for a friend, asking for myself. Mm. Um, mm. I had noticed that there had been occasional issues with the lock button and the B button on my playdate console eleven six eleven six fifty. Um, <laughs> over the time that I've had it, which is coming up on a year now. Um, so it's still very much under that warranty. Um, yeah, I have seen people mention that um, the B button w- or one of the buttons, actually yeah. it might have been one of the D-pad buttons I saw somebody talk about, had, Something had fried. required a lot of pressure to register and yeah. they just you know sent it back and got it and I got don't. It, got I don't fixed. punish the thing. I keep it in a case when I'm not using it. I haven't kicked it down the stairs. Yeah. Like I, is... I played Bloom with it, so I'm not mashing it to death. Um, but I did... Open up my Playdate recently because catalog's on it. I downloaded some new games. Um, I didn't have trouble right away playing Recommendation Dog or Real Steel, right? I was doing fine. And then I learned that uh, an update had been issued for Bloom, which was my game of the year last year. I loved it. So I went to download the new file and figure out how to create the new save file with the new game and transfer your save data into it so you can just continue your game with the new content there. There's new story content, new cool stuff to do. Love it. Great. I want to be back in that world. In doing that, I realized that like once I opened the phone, which is a big mechanic of that game, the cell phone is how you access conversation, information, buy seeds for your garden. I couldn't get back out of the phone because (laughs) I had to tap B to close my phone and do Mm, other things. And B just conked out. And I, I went into, there's a system test mode where you test, test the sensitivity of buttons. I hit everything else. You get a little nice, like, pressure tactile sensation. When you push the A button, you see it's starting to register. Boom, you full pressed it, and then you're lifting your finger. You see the weight of your finger coming and going. Cool. B, nothing. Oh, boy. So I did some Googling, and people were like, panic is probably just going to issue a new play date. They've been really good about this kind of thing. They mm-hmm. want to take care of this stuff. So. I wrote an email uh, to the troubleshooting folks this week with my ah. issue, and they said, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that sucks, and I'm sorry, and we can issue you a new console, but uh, we'll, you know, confirm that your address is this because they had it on file. Yeah. And if you do that, we'll uh, start the exchange and give you a mailing label. So I'm going to be sending uh, 11650 back, mm. 
and uh, waiting for my new model. But luckily, uh, because I was screwing around with the data on my Playdate uh, to update Bloom, I was able to have it plugged in in system mode and make a dupe of my data files. Mm. So I have all that stuff. So when my new console arrives in a couple of weeks, whenever it is, once I get that sticker, um, I will be able to open that bad boy up, reinstall all my stuff, which, you know, is still very much part of my account, sideloaded yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. And um, yeah, just re-download everything, reinstall, and then plop my data back in. I should be ready to go. So sucks because I have been playing direct drive and I have been wanting to play Bloom again, but oops. I saw some folks saying that the little yellow tab on the crank uh, had been popping off on oh, really? too. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had that. but Which, you know, that may be a function of if you're really cranking it hard. <laughs> sure. Because sure, sure. <laughs> some games do, you know, they're, they're, tr- they're, you know, you're doing like old Mario party stuff where you're spinning that thing. And that, that could yeah. be, that could be rough on that little pin that's holding that in there, but, it or, or yeah. it could just be, you know, a build quality issue. Yeah. Um, you got a bum one. Well, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Have you, uh, ha- I know you had mentioned that you had too many games on there now. Mm, yeah. Um, of what you've played, what have been some of your standouts? What have been your favorite things you've gone back to? You know what? That, uh, Kranken's whatever it's oh, called, Kranken's Time Machine. Yeah, that one. That one. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, you know what? And I remember hearing people saying that that one was kind of, kind of not that great. But I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. It's like, cool. There's a I lot. Li- of I like Kranken, and I got to. I, I've played a pretty decent amount into it. I didn't finish it. There is an end. But yeah, it's I have long. There's a lot of cranking. Yeah, and uh, yeah. it's it's neat. Maybe it's people, a it's a cool puzzle game. Maybe people just got tired of it. Um, yeah. and uh, Pick Pack Pup, I think, is really good. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's just like kind of a match three kind of a deal. Um, but it's so well done. It's so nice. Really um, fun, funny, yeah. good. Yeah, and Recommendation Dog was good. Was good too. Yeah, um, I dug that. Yeah, and I played quite a bit of Real Steel. So, what was that Sasquatch game? Um, I played that a bit with the photography uh, mechanic. Oh yes, kind of like Advance Wars with photographs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did pretty try that good. Um, and uh, Ratcheteer, I want to dig into more because that's basically Link's Awakening, but I haven't done it yet. So that's one that's kind of like when I really have some downtime, I can sink my teeth into it. I'm going to go back into that because uh, I didn't really get too too far into it. It was late in the uh, season one, and I got overwhelmed by other stuff. So. Didn't give that the time it deserves, but I, I'm curious about it. And I've been listening to Panic Has a Playdate podcast, and I've been listening to some of the developer interviews on there, and they're pretty good. Yeah. Oh, oh, so. oh, Flipper Lifter. Oh, yeah. Man, I a played cool a game. ton of Flipper Lifter. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, and... Um, that came out when I was on the uh, getting on the plane to go to San Diego last year on vacation. Yeah, So I took yeah. that with me. That was like the hotel playing constantly when we were chilling at the end of the day. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, and Star Sled I thought was really good. Um, and Inventory Hero is really good. Inventory Hero is fun. Um, yeah. And there's a couple of them that were like, for whatever reason, they're almost too difficult for me to figure out, like Spell Corked. I just can't quite figure out yeah, how I'm yeah. supposed to be good oh, at that what's one. The, there's like the Demon Quest one. Oh, yeah. No idea what I'm doing. That's that. really obtuse. No idea there. Sure and there. Uh, Executive Golf DX, like I cannot figure I out. I like it in theory. In playing it, oof, yeah, it's frustrating. I just anything. I can't aim it right, and yeah. and, and the, yeah. then it just the ball just comes right back down. It, it it just to explain what executive golf is, it is a side view 
golf with like a, a height mechanic on, and really I've only ever seen one level because it's that difficult <laughs> where you're you're aiming the ball to go up to like the next level of a of an office you know right, that's, you're climbing that's, it on file cabinets yeah that's the joke the but level. like if you've got to find just the right angle to get it through a very small opening to get it's to the next level yeah it's it really is. unforgiving yeah it is oh uh forest burns up in smoke Oh yeah, that one's good. Is good also, and it it, it randomly generates little side scroller uh, like Mario esque kind of levels. Yep, it is a platformer that randomly generates stuff, and I I I was really pretty impressed with that one. Yeah, it's a great little console, and there you know there are tons of experiences on there. If you are uh, if you're the kind of person who is interested and. Uh, or has a play date, then reach out to us. I'd love to know what you've dug and what you're playing in it. I want to know when they're, when they're going to release the dang display um, thing with the oh, pen. Oh, yeah, that little What am dock. I getting that? Yeah, the dock thing, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought for sure I had already pre-ordered that, but apparently I did not. I didn't either. I, I don't I, think I'm, you could. I kick myself now for not, but... I don't think you could. I don't think that was ever up for, pre- for pre-order. Maybe that's it. There had to have been a reason that I... Because I wouldn't have passed that up. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I figured, too. Um, and, I, and I thought... I was. I thought maybe I'm due for that, and I got to watch for them to ship that. But I went back right. to my receipts and like, no, it's it's not there. <laughs> and but. I have uh, and Bloom has like a clock mode now. So oh, like, good. I could totally see leaving that cute little screensaver thing up. You know? does, does it charge while it's sitting on that thing? I believe so. I feels think like it should. If it doesn't, yeah, that, that feels. Real I mean, bad. for it to be an actual dock and be able to do yeah functiony stuff. But yeah, I, I, I think to date, all you could buy was the plate itself and the uh, the uh, the case, which I did not get the case. Yeah. But I, you know, there there have been a couple of side load games I've enjoyed too, so it's been fun. Yeah, I've I've bought a couple of them too. Yep. Yeah. So awesome little console, digging it. But I have to send mine back for some uh, uh-huh. intensive care. Yeah. Yikes. Unfortunately, first generation hardware. <laughs> you I know guess how it I, is. I gotta start paying attention to mine and see if I'm uh, if I'm gonna have something similar. Uh, yeah. But hey, let's give away a game. That's a great idea. Let's, let's, Free game. Let's give away a game. Usually we give away Steam codes here on right. You Like the Worst Stuff. Let's give away a code for goodoldgames.com. Oh, nice. Um, which you have an account there. You can put this code in, and you will get Morrowind Game of the Year Edition at goodoldgames.com, um, which is, you know, it's, it is a, is a browser-based service where you go and buy stuff out at your library, and then you can download the games, you know, at your leisure. Um, Boomba. Uh, here is the code for Morrowind. QLZ64990 AEB1627B0 for Morrowind on goodoldgames.com. Get it. First From, come, you like the worst stuff. First win. And now we come to the moment you've all been waiting for. One last thing where Joe and I get a chance to show a little love or throw a little shade at whatever it is we feel like talking about. Joe, you want to go first this week? Yeah, sure. You know what? I watched the Tetris movie. Yay, Tetris movie. What'd you think? It's really good. Yeah, it looked good. I have not seen it yet. I thought it was really good. Um, I mean, if if gamers are usually pretty familiar with the story of Tetris, old, old school gamers, I guess. Yes. Um, because it is sort of a legendary just boondoggle of... Who made it? Who owns the rights to it? Who's fighting over it? Um, and this movie does a, a pretty decent job of, you know, going over that. I mean, it, it, it is the most exciting movie I've ever seen about contract <laughs> negotiations. <laughs> right, exactly. The trailer itself, I'm like, whoop, 
Yeah. That was like action packed. Because that's yeah, really what it, it's what's about. Going legal on. wrangling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, and I think you know they dramatize it up a bit. I'm oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure there was and there were there was some funny moments where I'm like, oh really? I don't know about that, but this is fun. Um, and it's funny watching you know Nate you know old old video game icon legends pop up like Hiroshi Yamauchi from Nintendo right. and Howard Lincoln from Nintendo and and of course you know the the man who invented Tetris Alexei Pajitnov is in it and Hank Rogers is the main the main driver in it and it, it's 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 a it's a legendary story because it's also sleazy because it's just like dirty businessmen screwing each other over and then right. compounded with the dying days of the Soviet Union <laughs> where you you know you didn't just go and talk to this to Mr. Pajandov in 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 Russia you've got to deal with the government you've got to you know this is yeah, considered yeah, yeah. Russian property and it, and just the fact that these guys in in uh, Japan, America, and England, all kind of like thought they could, you know, get one over on on Mother Russia. <laughs> and, yep. And it just it just seemed really dangerous and foolhardy at the time. Um, and this movie kind of really lays into that. And there's a whole KGB layer to it that I don't, you know, I don't know if that's dramatized or what. But um, but you know the the basics of oh yeah, Atari got involved and they're they're a bunch of jerks and. <laughs> This company in England got involved, and they suck, and it just... It looks like a fun ride. Good fun. um, Highly recommended. Gots to watch that. I'm I'm sure everybody hates it, though, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, God, we got to. Right. You immediately have to hate everything. Turn on it right away. Zack Snyder's Tetris. (laughs) Disgusting (laughs) film. Love it. How about you? What are you doing? Uh, You know, this week, uh, I tell you this one last thing to be able to springboard into other one last things. Um, I finished Fire Emblem Engage finally. Oh, credits rolled. It was a blast. Uh, had fun with it. Really enjoyed the mechanics after I got into it. The story was wonderful, dramatic, silly RPG fun, and uh, it was everything I uh, hoped it would be in the end. So great game. I will be investing in the DLC at some point and waiting for that big chunk of extra story coming in DLC season quarter four, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I did find that. You know, I was going in not really sure I needed the expansion pass because all it was was bonus little emblem toys to play with, right? Already had a ton of those. Yeah. But what's interesting about the emblems is when you add one of them to your group, when you start using one, when you discover their ring, you get a little bonus paralog quest where you go into their world, basically, and learn a little bit about a major battle in their history that helps shape them as warriors, and then you learn a lesson from that. So there's custom dialogue, there's a little bit of background and story, you gain bonus bond points or whatever, and it's a fun little bonus story to play that flushes out characters a bit. Um, it gives you a little bit of background into previous Fire Emblem games you may not have, you know, might have known about. Did you so. did you unlock uh, Samus and Star Fox yet? I, I, de- I definitely got Star Fox. Okay. And uh, working on Samus. Okay. Tough. And Blathers. But, don't forget. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get Blathers. <laughs> Don't forget oh. Blathers. Oh, his engaged skills. Woo! <laughs> Off the charts. <laughs> hoot, hoot, hoot. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a really, really fun ride. Enjoyed it. I will be going back into it, as I said, but I'm taking a breather because I had been trying to focus on playing that in my free time so that I could finish it and move on to something properly and not be distracted because that is how I am. Mm. Um, so I'm back into PlayStation games. And I downloaded on a whim uh, a a shooter game that delves into um, 
I guess, a unconscious someone in a hospital in a coma and unlocking all their dark, bad, sad memories, because, of course, indie games all do that now. Right, right, right. Um, but it's like a twin-stick shooter, and it's pretty fun. I've, been, I've just been enjoying that kind of twitchy action arcade shooter, you know, R-type bullet hell nightmare thing. Uh, because I like that stuff, and this one does it with the veneer of really cool art and a fun little who is this girl and what's her trauma thing, and uh, unlocking new weapons and abilities and getting stronger along the way. So digging it, and uh, that one's fun. And uh, I finally said, well, I finished the last big beefy game I was on, so when I'm not in a twitchy mood, what's the next big story game I'm going to go into? And Horizon Forbidden West has begun. Hey, so, all right. Uh, back Just in it and enjoying it already it's lovely yeah it was good it was i good. like her i like that world i you know i loved that game last year when i played the first one so i was probably a sucker to like this one too because it's more of the same thing oh it is definitely more of the same thing. but i like that thing so i'm excited to be back in elizabeth and aloy's world yeah i need to uh finish the uh the vr game that they made for that and see see how long that really is yeah um, I, i'm curious to know the uh the dlc for uh horizon is coming out soon and yes. i won it but i kind of yeah. got like you know, like you like you said you're going from one thing to the next like i've got some dominoes that i kind of have to make fall before i think i want to buy that because like yeah I need I needed to finish uh, Metroid Prime Remastered, and right. that end boss fight is such a bear that I was I was putting it off for a little while, and then finally did it. And then because I told myself I couldn't start Fatal Frame Mask of the Lunar Eclipse until I yeah. finished Metroid Prime Remastered. So now I'm I, doing I get you Fatal Frame. Something's gonna get backburnered and it's gonna slip away. Yeah, right. And, and like especially with something like Metroid Prime, like you're gonna lose your muscle right. memory for, yeah, you're into the, <laughs> for the that and everything. so i'm glad i finished that now i'm playing fatal frame and i'm you know back to back to the old uh, favorite of uh you know taking pictures of ghosts and then we'll right. see how long that goes because you know now we're getting pretty close to tears of the kingdom i don't think i'm gonna get horizon that's what i'm saying DLC oh, eternally skippable horizon always getting the boot by zelda <laughs> every time so probably by the time I'm ready for the Horizon DLC, it'll probably be a couple bucks <laughs> off. Is so maybe my... you and I will play it at the same maybe, time. Maybe, yeah, time. maybe. We'll, we'll play some Horizon content and you together. How That's about good. That? <laughs> Let's co-stream it. Oh, it sounds like a blast. Yeah. There Split you go. It. The worst streaming. Mm. Um but yeah, that's uh that's so I'm I'm glad to be back in that world and I'm I'm digging playing through that again and remembering all those mechanics and digging out the new ones and all that stuff. Um but yeah, I mean I went into this year thinking like okay, I know the Fire Emblem's coming, and that's going to take up a chunk of time. Mm -hmm. And on the heels of that, a few weeks later, was going to be Octopath Traveler 2. And I sunk a ton of time into Octopath 1 and the last Fire Emblem, Three Houses. So I was like, I don't even know how I do that. So I just straight up skipped, you know, uh, Octopath 2, knowing at some point there will be a, a drought and I'll go back to it or it'll be on sale. And there's so much big stuff coming out this year on, you know, on, on all fronts. It's kind of easy to now kind of pass on things and just focus on a big game here and there and check things off and then move on to the next thing. Yeah, so. I haven't even picked up the uh, Like a Dragon Ishin game, which I really right, want. Right, right. And, and I've noticed that it's starting to already be on sale. You know, yeah. I, you can get it for like sub 40 now. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to have time to play it with right. my current schedule, so I'm going to wait, and it's going to be even cheaper. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we benefit. It's a shame. There's stuff we, we know we'd enjoy, but 
you don't have time for it, you don't have time for it. So no reason to jump in at 60 bucks, 70 bucks when you just can wait yeah. and grab it later. After we all get tired of crafting breakable crap in Hyrule, we'll be <laughs> able to play something else. <laughs> I glued a rock to my shield. Ah, da, 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 da. <laughs> and now I got to learn to parry again. Oh, uh, no, I will never learn to parry. <laughs> Not necessary. Credits I rolled. I will never. I learned how to time that, like, that jump back. Like, my whole, when they're about to hit that back jump with a B button, mm-hmm, when you mm-hmm, can, like, mm-hmm, then flurry yeah. rush. I learned that, and that was the only parry dodge mechanic I could do. I, I flurry rushed maybe twice the entire I time. Did, I did. I got good at that never. one dodge, and that never. was the only one I would try to pull. Never. And the game's stupid enough that that mechanic works most of the time. <laughs> but I would never say that because Nintendo fans would be mad at me. Right. It's a pristine Super, masterpiece and perfectly mad. crafted. Um, yeah, Super but mad. that's going to do it for 482. Thanks for joining me, buddy. Yeah, you bet. Until next time, we're out of here. Bye, y'all. Later on, everybody. Thanks for listening. Say hi at rest.tv slash discord. Follow you like the worst stuff on Facebook or find us on Twitter at the worst podcast. You can support the show at patreon.com slash worst stuff. And thank you if you do. Music provided by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. Until next time, game over. Look, it was inevitable. Only a matter of time before Jeff Keighley takes over E3 and is the hero of gaming once again. (sighs) You like the worst stuff.